Hi, this is Bishop E. James Logan, Senior Pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. Welcome to our podcast. I pray you'll be blessed by a fresh word from God every time you tune in. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. It is so good to be in the house called Christian Faith Fellowship Church Zion on this Wednesday night. I give God the glory and let's all give him the praise right now. God bless you. Those of you that are even watching at home, bless the Lord with me. All right, it's time to get into the word of God. Open your Bible or your electronic device to Psalm 2, the second division of Psalms. And we're going to read verses 1 and 2, and it's going to be good. Tell somebody the word is going to be good. Because the word is always good anyway. Whether I'm teaching it or preaching it, it's just good. All right then, Psalm 2, verses 1 and 2. You still got time to call someone, text them, let them know, tune in. If you can't make it, it's going to bless your life. All right, Psalm 2, verses 1 and 2. Let's read. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? Verse 2. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for the privilege of being called, saved, appointed, and anointed. Use me tonight to speak directly to the spirit of your people, the spirits of your people. Let the purpose that I preach manifest in their hearts, in their minds. You get the glory out of a transformed life. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, bless your heart. We're continuing our discussion, our teaching on the anointing. And uh, the first uh, part of it is why we need the anointing. Why do we need the anointing? So, a little background history, which is important to give us context. This song uh, was repeated by the saints after Peter and John used their anointing to heal a crippled man who was at the gate beautiful in Acts chapter 3. Peter and John used the anointing on their lives in the name of Jesus to raise a crippled man uh, who was a beggar to his feet. And in doing so, it caused an uproar in the temple or in the church. It caused an uproar. It caused controversy in the church. Now think about that. Let's think about that before we go any further. Peter and John, the Bible says, and, and, and by the way, this account starts in Acts chapter 3 and goes to Acts chapter 4. So in the beginning in Acts chapter 3, we see in the, verse, in the very first verse, the Bible tells us that Peter and John were on their way to the temple because it was the hour of prayer. They were going to prayer. Mm. So there's a man who was born crippled, who they laid at the gate beautiful, who begged for alms. And Peter, seeing him, says, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have, I give unto thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And so this man jumps up and begins walking and leaping and praising God in the temple. In the temple. Now, 
I don't know about you, but I'm a very curious person. And so I asked myself as I was doing my studying, why would there be such an uproar and a state of confusion in God's house when somebody gets healed? I mean, after all, it was the hour of prayer. What, what were they praying for? Hmm. Why would there be an uproar in the church when somebody gets healed? It was the hour of prayer. What were they praying for? You know, whenever God puts a question like that in my heart, <laughs> I always bring it to the future. I always bring it to right now. And what I mean by that is I, I begin to wonder, I wonder how many people in the church world today would have a problem with somebody getting healed in the church, during church. How many people would have or become confused and have a problem with someone getting healed during a prayer service? I mean, if these churchgoers, temple goers, whatever you want to call them, if they had a problem with somebody getting healed in church during a prayer service, what were they praying about? Obviously, they must not have been praying for healing because they were upset and caused confusion when somebody got healed. So they had to be praying for something else for that to be disappointing to them, to that to become contra controversial to them. Let me say it another way. Let me say it another way. Why would a move of God cause the people of God to be upset in the house of God? Hmm. Why would a move of God in the house of God cause the people of God to be upset? Hmm. See, during this particular time when Peter and John were being used by God, when they released the anointing on their lives, my God, the Bible lets us know, again, very plainly and clearly what was taking place. Let's look at Acts chapter 4, verse 1. Because it says every religious authority from priests, captain of the temple and the Sadducees were all there. Verse four. And as they spoke unto the people, the priests, the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them. All these religious leaders came upon Peter and John. Verse two. Being grieved. These people, are, they're grieved that God moved. Being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Oh, now we see what's really going on. It's not about what God did. <laughs> it's about doctrine. <laughs> It's about affiliation. They didn't want people teaching 
what they didn't believe. Mm, mm, mm. Verse 3. So they laid hands on them and put them in the hold or in jail until the next day. They put Peter and John in jail for letting God use them. They put Peter, the religious leaders of that day, put Peter and John in jail because of the anointing on their lives. My brothers and sisters, you need to be aware of the dangers that can come to you when you start walking in your anointing. It's quiet. In other words, everybody ain't going to be happy you're so anointed. Hmm. You see, again, there were many people, religious leaders in the temple, in the church at that time, who didn't care about the move of God. They had other reasons for being there. Everybody that come to church don't come to church for Jesus and a move of God. Everybody that come to church don't come to church to experience the anointing of the Holy Spirit. This is why healing this man was a problem. The only reason healing would be a problem is if the people didn't want to see healing. Healing this man became a problem. Again, because when the anointing, please, please, please understand. When the anointing that God puts on your life is released and touches the lives of other people, it often causes controversy. It often causes in your own family. The anointing released off of you and ministering to other people can often cause controversy within your own family. Who you think you are. Mm, mm, mm. The scripture says the heathen raged. The heathen raged. We'll get to that in a minute. Let me set it up. The heathen raged. Write that down. The heathen raged. Heathen, people of the heath, <laughs> basically are people not in covenant with God. People that don't know God. People that are ignorant of God's existence and or reject God. They're heathen. You must understand this. Please understand this. Please understand this. Let's say it this way. Back in the day, <laughs> heathen were unlearned and ignorant people. The Old Testament Jewish person had a low opinion of people that did not know God. Because knowing God gives you access to all other knowledge since he is 
omniscient. So if you don't know God, you're ignorant because he's the one that teaches us everything. So heathen being called a heathen, even to many this day, is not and was not a favorable title to be given. Heathen. People ignorant of God's covenant, ignorant of God. Therefore, they're ignorant of many other things. In this case, though, the heathen were church-going people. Selah. In this case, in this scripture, in this context right now, in Acts chapter 3 and 4, heathen are church-going people. Now get your mind around that. Heathen were church-going people. To rage means to make an uproar and cause a commotion. Only people ignorant of God would cause a commotion when God moves. <laughs> only, people that don't, only people that don't understand the move of God will have a commotion and a problem when God moves. But people that are familiar with God, know God, and understand the anointing of God, surely would have no problem with the move of God. <laughs> Again, most, if not all of these people in the temple or the church were churchgoers. These are the same people that arrested Peter and John. You're going to arrest two servants of God. You're going to arrest two disciples, apostles of the Lord Jesus, of the Messiah, that all they did was what Jesus taught them, and you got upset. <laughs> I don't know how many people are listening or watching or may listen and watch, that understands this simple truth I'm about to drop. Even some of you in here, maybe let's go back maybe years for some of you that's been saved for a long time, how you may recall you just fell in love with the Lord, start reading your Bible regularly, praying, and you just start sharing your faith and love for God with people and you didn't understand why they attacked you. And if you weren't really solid, some of you may have gotten wounded because you really didn't understand why are you attacking me when I'm telling you something good? Hmm. Wow. Acts chapter four, let's pick up at verse number eight. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said to them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel. Notice the audience again. We're being told who they are. These are not run-of-the-mill, average, everyday people. These are the rulers of the people and the elders of Israel. Mm. Verse 9. If we this day be examined of the good deed done, to this impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ 
of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even him doth this man stand here before you whole. Peter said, filled with the Holy Ghost, led by the Holy Ghost, influenced by the Holy Ghost, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, Peter told them why this young man or this man is able to walk who everybody knew had never walked before. You want to know why? You want to know how this happened? He says, be aware of this good deed. Notice what he says, because y'all tripping. You're trying to make something God did that was good be bad. But we're not going to let you get away with calling a good deed bad because you got some religious problems. He said, be it known to you all that in the name of Jesus, the one you crucified, he made this man whole. The one you tried to get rid of, you couldn't get rid of. Because even though he left, he rubbed himself off on us and therefore he's still here. And the anointing that he carried is on us and that's how this young man was made whole. So, so, so you and I, we need the anointing so we can continue to prove to people Jesus Christ is who he says he is. He's the same yesterday, Hebrews 13, 8. Today and forever, you and I need to, re re we need to realize we're anointed so people never forget who Jesus is. You're anointed so your family never forgets who Jesus is. You're anointed so the people that work with you never can forget who Jesus is. Peter spoke with boldness. He told them, y'all crucified Jesus. But you didn't stop him. That's, that's pretty bold. That's pretty bold. Let's go to verse 13. Now, when they saw the boldness, somebody say the boldness. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. Now, stop. Didn't I just tell you that heathen were considered unlearned and ignorant men? You see how quickly the devil and the enemy and the world likes to flip stuff? Now, if you're a Christian, you're ignorant and unlearned. It never used to be that way. Because the enemy wants to steal your boldness. Because if you speak up, oh, that's the ignorant Christian. If you speak up, oh, that's the antiquated thinking person. We don't, nobody thinks that way anymore. Nobody believes that anymore, Frank. Trying to steal you, rob you of your boldness. To try to keep your anointing at bay. Try to keep you from letting God use you. Try to keep God from being glorified in your life. So you don't use your anointing. See, because of what? Write this down, write this down, write this down. You'll find it difficult to release the anointing on your life if you're not bold. Yeah, write it down. You'll find it difficult to release the anointing on your life if you're not bold. <laughs> I 
So the heathen, the religious people, pulled Peter and John aside and threatened them. (laughs) This is really something. It's all right here. Don't you know if what Peter and John were carrying, the anointing, if it wasn't real, you, you, you didn't need to threaten them. If there's nothing to it, why are you threatening them? If you're not afraid of the anointing on their lives, why are you threatening them? So you need to know the reason people threaten you is because they know what you're carrying is powerful. They know what the believer is carrying is potent, it's powerful, it's effective. And so the enemy uses the world and everything he can in the world to make you power, to make you back up so you're not bold enough to say in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. So in verse 19, excuse me. Verse 19, chapter 4, Acts. Peter and John answered them, decide for yourselves whether God wants people to listen to you rather than him. I like that translation. When they threatened him and said, don't you teach, don't you preach, don't say nothing in the name of Jesus no more. (laughs) They said, listen, you decide for yourself. Do you think God wants people to listen to you rather than him? You think we're going to shut up just because you said shut up? You saw what happened when we opened up our mouths. You saw what happened when we used the name of Jesus properly. Power is in the name of Jesus. That man had been crippled all his life. Verse 20, they said, we can only speak of the things we have seen and heard. Look at that. Look at that. We can only speak of the things we have seen and heard. This is also why it's important for you to use your anointing so other people can see God move and then they can turn around and say, I'm just going to tell you what I saw. I don't know. I didn't go to Bible school. I didn't go to theology school. But all I know is I saw somebody get up out of a wheelchair. I don't All I can tell you is what I've seen and what I've, I've been in too many church services. I've seen demons come out. I don't know a whole lot about demons, but I don't know they're real. I've seen them come out. That's why it's important to see the supernatural in churches from time to time regularly so you can say what you have seen and what you have heard. You don't have to memorize the Bible. Just begin to tell people what you've seen and heard. Verse 23, Acts chapter 4. And being let go, they let them go now. They let Peter and John go. And being let go, they went to their own company. Say their own company. They went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders said to them. Notice who, again, it was the chief priests and the elders, the religious leaders. Verse 24, and when they had heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which hath made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. Verse 25, whom by the mouth of thy servant David has said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered against the Lord and against his Christ or his anointed one. Now, let me back up and let's deal with verse 20, 
three right quick. The Bible again tells us when Peter and John were let go, they went to their own company. Somebody say own company. Now, this is important, too, because when you get anointed, you got to know who your company is. You came to be anointed and keep company all the time with unanointed people. You got to know who your company is. Or in other words, they went back to their community of faith. They went back to people that prayed the same way they prayed, that believed the same way they believed, that be- performed the miracles the same the way they did. You got to go back and hang around with people that believe the same thing. When you're anointed, you cannot hang around unanointed people all the time. You got to get around anointed people, particularly after you get attacked by the enemy. You need to go back to anointed people that are anointed just like you so they can remind you why you are attacked is because you're anointed. If you hang around unanointed people, they'll tell you to stop doing what you're doing and run from the anointing and run from God and comply and compromise and act like a normal human being. When you're anointed You need to be around other anointed people. Iron sharpens iron. They'll help you stay anointed. They'll help you stay on track with your anointing. The last thing you need to do when you get anointed is to make unanointed people your commonplace friends. You need to be around people that believe just like you believe. So when you're talking, it increases your faith. You need to be around people that pray the same thing you're praying. So when it happens, you can encourage one another. You don't want to be around people that don't pray and believe what you believe. So while you believe it and it happens, oh, that that really wasn't God. That wasn't God. That, That wasn't God. God didn't do that. That wasn't God. That just stuff like that just happens every now and then. You don't need to be around unanointed people when you get anointed. You need to understand who your tribe is, who your company is, and you need to make sure you understand the type of faith you have. You need to be around people that have the same kind of faith. Listen, if the enemy puts you in prison, you don't need people praying that they treat you nice in prison. You need people praying you get released from prison. (laughs) There's a big difference. Oh, Johnny's in prison. Let's pray he has some good cellmates. I don't need that kind of prayer. Don't pray that prayer for me. You ain't got the same anointing I got. If you're going to pray, I stay in there and it's nice people. See, when the enemy attacks with sickness and disease, you don't need people praying that you have a good hospital visit. They got good doctors and good nurses. That has its place. No, you need people praying you get healed to come up out of there. That's the kind of anointing. Those are the kind of anointing people you need in your life. So when they got back, Peter and John, to their faith community, and they told them everything the religious people, the heathen, (laughs) had did to them, Watch what happens. Verse number 24, Acts chapter 4. 
And when they heard that they, all the people in their company, all the people in their faith community, they lifted up their voice with one accord. Think about that. The Bible doesn't tell us how many people were there, but obviously there were several people there. And the Bible says they, along with Peter and John, lifted their voice with one accord as one voice and said, Lord, thou art God, which hath made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. You, you missed it. You missed it. You got a group of people. Peter and John comes back to after being in jail for a day, locked up by heathen. When they tell them who locked them up and what happened, immediately everybody in the room began to pray the exact same prayer, say the exact same words at the exact same time. See, you and I need the anointing so we can identify other anointed people. Because there's some folk, I don't want to say this. We are, we're living in a time, I, 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 we're living in a time right now today. I don't need to be praying with folk that's praying for animal crackers. And we need miracle signs and wonders. Folk going through some real life changing events. I don't want to pray with people regularly that you're praying for animal crackers and vegetables. You need to know you're anointed and know how to use the anointing on your life. Peter and John were thrown into jail just because they prayed for somebody and they got healed. So when they came back to their own company where the anointing was the same, when they start praying, everybody prayed the same prayer. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There are times, my brothers and sisters, that when we come together, we all need to pray the same exact prayer. I, I, God bless you feeling something over here and you feeling something over there. You just went through this. You just came from there. No, no, no. You need to catch the wave of the spirit. You need to keep in step with the Holy Ghost and not pray what you think you want to pray, but pray what's in you to pray. That's in the everybody else to pray. It needs to be the same prayer because the same prayer has power in it. Yeah. You need people that are pray a spiritual prayer to fight with you in spiritual warfare. Don't be praying. This ain't no time to be praying. No, now I lay me down to sleep prayer. It's amazing to me. I'm almost finished. It's amazing to me as I think about this story. How much God it had to be for a group of people to all of a sudden, at the same time, start praying the same exact prayer with the same exact words. That can't be a coincidence. That had to be God. 
Listen, they all had to have the same spirit. They all had to have the same spirit, the same mind, the same heart for them to all pray the same prayer at the same time. Mm-hmm. Now, another factor that needs to be pointed out is since they all eventually went to pray Psalm Two, that means all of them had to know the word. Amen. See, this is why some folk can't pray the same prayer because you don't know the prayer we're praying is in the Bible. Selah. This was a prayer, again, we started out saying that David prayed. (laughs) Why do the heathen rage? And the people imagine a vain thing. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord. Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. And against his anointed. And the anointed ones. When David prayed it, David was referring to nations in uproar. (laughs) Because of the Messiah, because of the anointed one and those that he has anointed. Now, these believers that are of the company of Peter and John are calling their fellow brothers, churchgoers, Sadducees, priests, leaders, rulers. They're calling them heathen. Don't miss this. They're calling their brothers who run the church at that time out of covenant with God. You ain't not in touch with God. What you're thinking is far from God. Well, obviously it was. If you're going to put Peter and John in prison who followed Jesus for three and a half years and all y'all know it. And this man is healed. Why is it a bad thing for this man to be healed? Oh, I get it. You don't want anyone to consider them anointed. You want everybody to look up to you. Uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. This is another reason we have to be anointed because the anointing on your life proves everybody else who's a fake. The anointing released that's on your life Let's everybody know who really God has rubbed himself on and who God is really with. If you don't walk in your anointing, there's some people that won't see God. Notice what it says again in verse two. The kings of the earth set themselves against the rulers of the world took counsel against The heathen are against. It's an anti-Christ spirit. It's against the anointing. I'm going to talk about that later. It's against the anointing. You must not be afraid. We must not be afraid to release the anointing on our lives, no matter what opposition we come up against. Verse 29. Acts chapter 4. 
And the Bible reads, and now, Lord, this is their prayer. They're still praying. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. You're going to need this. You're going to need this scripture. I'm telling you, you're going to need this scripture very, very soon as people begin to threaten you for using the name of Jesus. As people begin to threaten you for teaching in the name of Jesus. As people begin to threaten you with all kinds of, we're going to fire you. Why your Bible open? We're going to get rid of you. He said, they, excuse me, they pray. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant thy servants. I love that phrase. And grant your servants. Grant those of us that laid our lives down, that gave our lives over to you to serve you morning, noon, and night, that walked away from the world and secularism, and we gave our lives over and said yes to your will. He says, grant your servants that with all boldness, somebody say all boldness. He didn't just say boldness. They said all boldness. That means every type of boldness, every kind of boldness in every situation. Let us be bold. No matter where we are, we're going to be bold. No matter what's going on, we're going to be bold. Grant your service with all boldness. All boldness. That we may speak your word. Verse 30, by stretching forth your hand to heal (laughs) and that signs and wonders be done in the name of your holy child, Jesus. They said, grant your servants, allow your servants, afford your servants, Uh, let the anointing on your servants be strong enough for us to be bold because I told you to write down the only way you're going to walk in signs, wonders, and miracles is in boldness. You will not walk in the anointing and its full power if you're timid. I can remember I'm, I'm about done. I'll give you one little story, a testimony. I can remember being overseas, even being in this church. And, um, you know, it takes boldness to tell somebody, you know, to be healed. It takes boldness to tell a demon, come out. And so, and so I, I, I recall, you know, being taught how to fast and pray, you know, and Jesus said this kind of demon don't come out, but, but, but by prayer and fasting. I, I recall, I can remember very, very, very vividly in this pulpit, in this church, fasting. We used to fast uh, every quarter. We did that for five, seven years straight. Every quarter, we had a significant fast. And I can remember those miracle services, those miracle Sunday night services. I can remember times fasting and, and being so in touch with God and so uh, feeling him rubbed himself on me so much, feeling the anointing so strong. I, I would I literally felt like I was 10 feet tall. And I would walk down the altar and stand before people. And I felt like a giant in the spirit realm. I felt like there was nothing that I couldn't do in God. See, that, that's the kind of boldness you need to tell demons to come out of people and they slide backwards underneath the pews, about three or four pews, maybe almost to the middle. And then, you know, you ain't getting away. Come back. Come out. See, it takes that kind of boldness to tell somebody. You, I, I, I got so many stories. It takes boldness. To walk in your anointing. 
Lift your hands while you're seated. Lift your hands while you're watching. It takes boldness to walk in who you are that God says you are. It don't take a lot of boldness for you to be you, to be John or Jane or Pookie, what they called you in high school. You know, that, everybody knows you. Is that, you just, don't, don't take, but it takes boldness to allow God to transform you into another man, into another woman. It takes boldness to say what God is saying when no one else wants to say it. It takes boldness to ask God to stretch forth his hand to heal. It takes boldness to tell somebody you're going to be healed of cancer. I curse cancer in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. It, it takes boldness to believe in signs, wonders, and miracles today. And so they, they prayed. They prayed for more boldness. Because if boldness got this man healed, what can more boldness do? If boldness got this man who was crippled from birth, if this man was able to walk for the first time in his life, how much more, how many more people can be helped if you give us more boldness? I'm asking God to give you and I more boldness in this hour in the face of the LGBTQI, in the face of racism, in the face of nationalism, in the face of every other is in the face of a recession, in the face of all crime and, and violence in the street and people shooting each other for no reason. I pray God give you and I boldness in this hour. Signs and wonders will be done in the name of Jesus, that Jesus would be glorified through his church, that you would not hold your peace. Oh, God, that you would open up your mouth and let the word of God come out that will transform people's lives. And the Bible says in verse 30, and when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled. The place was shaken. I pray there's a mighty shaking going on in your life. I pray God will shake you in the middle of the night. I pray the Holy Ghost would grab a hold of you and shake you out of yourself in the name of... I pray Holy Ghost grab you in the middle of the night and shake you out of your ordinary self. Shake you out of your common self. Shake you out of your fearful self. Shake you out of your ordinary self and make you an extraordinary woman of God, an extraordinary man of God, full of faith and power and bold enough to say what God is saying, regardless of who won't say it and who don't like it. And the Bible says, when they prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost again. I pray you get filled again. I pray God fills every member of the church united, the church universal with the Holy Ghost and fire. I pray as the under shepherd and the, the bishop of this church and the Christian faith fellowship of churches, I pray every member, every pastor, every elder, every deacon, every mother, every father, every child would be filled with the Holy Ghost again. Fill this house 
fill the people of this house with the Holy Ghost and fire so we can be bold in this hour and people will be saved, healed, delivered, set free. Families will be united. Marriages will be strengthened. Children will get out of rebellion. I pray this tonight in the name of Jesus that the anointing of the Holy Ghost come upon you. Why do we need the anointing? Because God backs up anointed people that are bold. God backs up boldness with signs, wonders, and miracles done in the name of his son. God backs up boldness because God didn't give us the spirit of fear or timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And we know Revelation says the fearful and the unbelieving will have their part in the lake of fire. Everyone stand, please. Lift your hands one more time, please. I feel like I'm deputizing you. Father, we deputize your people. Hallelujah. We, we remind them that they've been given the right, the rights and the authority. Hallelujah. To put the devil under their feet. I deputize your people. I remind them they've been deputized. They don't need to cower, run in fear of any spirit. Everything is under your feet. God, through Jesus Christ, has given you power over all the powers of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. You need to be bold. You need to open your mouth and declare what will take place in your home and what will not take place in your home. You have the right and the authority. You now know how to plead the blood of Jesus. You have the right to say, devil, you have no legal right in my home, in my head, in my heart, in my finances, or anything or anywhere about me. I command you to leave. I evict you. I am the landlord. My body is the property of the Holy Ghost. My body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. I belong to God. You cannot occupy me. You cannot do anything to me except God allow it. And according to the covenant promises of God, you cannot put sickness on me because by his strife by the anointed stripes of Jesus, I was healed. I rebuke, I reject, I push back all sickness and disease. You have no legal right to me. We thank you, Father. Fear hath torment. I am not afraid of God tormenting me. Jesus was punished for me. I will not be torn. God didn't save me to torment me. God didn't save me to punish me. I am not being punished with sickness, disease, poverty, or lack. David said, I've been young, but now I'm, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor God's seed begging bread. God is not punishing me. God is not punishing me with poverty. It is a curse. I rebuke it. It is illegal in my life. I will give my tithe and my offering, and I will watch God prosper me and make all my needs come to pass. Make all my needs met according to his riches 
in glory by Christ. I'm anointed for such a time as this. Somebody say amen. amen. Somebody say amen again. Amen. Say, I believe it. I receive it. This is my life. I will enjoy living it. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us. I also want to thank you in advance for clicking on the link to support our ministry. Your giving is what moves ministry forward and ministry must move forward. You can also visit us online at cffczion.org for more information. If you were blessed by this word, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. God bless you.